When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the other and, and pick an easy small one and like with all of the habits that I'm having if you know that there's a conversation that need to be had somebody said something to you set up stakes put money on it I know this isn't a fun way but sometimes people need the whip and the whip of saying if I don't speak to this person about such and such topic by Saturday I'm going to send $50 away Here we are. What's good, man? We've got a Corona cast. I'm glad you're still alive. Yeah, instant demonetization. Coronavirus exists. I just want to say that word because we're going to talk about it today. Is that instant demonetization? They're taught. They, it's one of the things. If you make content on YouTube about uh, a tragedy that is unfolding, ongoing, they demonetize it so as not to have false information. Yeah. And what they're currently dealing with is coronavirus is no longer just a singular event like a Sandy Hook or something like that, and so they're they're pulling that back and increasing the nice. ability to monetize we're doing it for free <laughs> we're doing it for free we're going to talk about corona it's for love of the game but yeah of course i'm fine i've seen you every day so, yeah. so, <laughs> don't act surprised but guys it's good to be back we we really did want to talk to you because i've been hyper triggered by <laughs> everything that's occurring in the world i don't know how you feel did you how do you are you okay emotionally? like nervous no just emotionally where's your head at totally fine same as before yeah as if it's not happening, except my mom got sick. I don't know if I told you this. You mentioned, yeah. She got either pneumonia or bronchitis or corona. She w- was sore and coughing and she couldn't breathe and all that. Then she got one of those grade A corona tests and came back negative. Oh, really? I'm so skeptical. I think they just don't know how to test for it. So let's hop right into this. She had every, dude, every symptom known to me. She's like, I've never, I've never been afraid I was going to die before. Mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe. Took the test. Negative. While she was showing symptoms. Mm-hmm. So it maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But one of the, the big things I've seen about coronavirus, and there's a hundred ways to break this down, but it's been so ridiculously, I don't want to say it's been politicized, but the responses to it are hyper-political. So I can say with a fair degree of accuracy, if you're someone who is really concerned, upset that people are still mingling, uh, that you lean left. And if you think this is overblown, that the economy is a bigger issue and that people need to chill out because it's not a big deal, you lean right. Mm-hmm. And I was in preparation kind of for this podcast. Just I watched a Ben Shapiro video on a John Oliver. Oh, nice. And it felt like they were talking about different things. Like Ben Shapiro was talking about a sickness that like was, you know, important, but on the news. And John Oliver was talking about a plague. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you why... Why would you? Why would there be such a different response mm-hmm. amongst different political factions to sure. this? So I think there's two answers. There are two things that both mm-hmm. contribute. So one, Trump went on the news and said this isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. 
So he put his flag in the sand, right? Then, in order to make him look bad, liberal media goes, this is a big deal. He under-responded. And anything, they're trying to, they're basically trying to say any death that occurs is on Trump's hands. Mm-hmm. Like the blood is on his hands because he got rid of our pandemic team and he responded uh, less in less of a panic than he should have. So now they've put their flag in the sand, mm-hmm. which is to say, when people die, we get to blame Trump. Yeah. And Trump gets to say, you guys need to get back to work. This yeah. isn't a big deal. And so I think if you're a Republican, you see Trump, who you probably like, saying it's not a big deal, and you think CNN is full of crazy people that lie. Mm-hmm. And so you go, oh, this isn't a big deal, and CNN's lying. And if you're a liberal, you watch Trump say it's not a big deal, and immediately your brain hears what Trump says and goes, he's wrong and an idiot. Yeah. And then you turn on CNN, and they say, this is going to be terrible, and the deaths now, get, we get to blame Trump now instead of a virus. Yeah. And so then you go, oh, this is horrible, and Trump's an idiot. So your hypothesis is that if either Barack Obama were president and mm-hmm. had the same behavioral response in the first weeks that Trump did, that these sides would be reversed? It is, but there's also another, so the second factor, which is super interesting. Normally, the way it shakes out, the Democrats and liberals tend to live in cities. Mm-hmm. And Republicans yeah. tend to live in rural areas. I you said this. So if you live in New York City, you look around, the hospitals are overrun, literally. They have, uh, you know, trucks of dead bodies they don't Mm -hmm. know what to do with them and so you think this is really serious and if you live in a small town my my friend lives in a town in colorado he's a uh, rancher i don't know if you know this he's a cow (laughs) rancher and so he said yeah the first person in our town got it today i talked to (laughs) him two days ago yeah and he said yeah so i live in a town of 500 people and one person has it now and so that's his version of Corona is that it was nothing, 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 one person. And maybe it'll spread through his mm-hmm. literally 500 person town. But yeah, we went to a high school that had more people in our graduating class than his entire county does. Yeah. And by the way, his houses are really far apart because they're ranches. Yeah. So I think if you're in a city, this is a bigger deal. You walk around L.A., everything's shut down. It looks like a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm you live on a cattle ranch your life is exactly the same i think that's a huge piece of it is what is your reality a, a liberal reality because they're in a city is this is a bigger deal and if you're in the middle of yeah, nowhere, yeah. You're like what is everyone talking no, speaking about of, speaking of political <laughs> memes i thought it was really funny i saw this thing the meme wasn't funny but i just thought the back and forth is so funny because it's absurd this person was saying like look at the concentrated areas of corona mm-hmm. now look at where the safety places are for illegal immigrants yeah yeah it's exactly <laughs> the same and then a liberal person goes like yeah man that's where the humans live yeah like yeah. it's where the humans live yeah and i'm not saying that one person is right or wrong i just think it's funny oh no that's how that's quickly... correlation yeah that's yeah correlation yeah. so that's that's hilarious i think there's another piece that just occurred to me we talked previously about The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. And it says one of the big differences between people who lean left or liberal and right, conservative, is the dimension of care, where care is of primary importance and expressing it in an immediate fashion is more important to uh, someone who is more liberal or left-leaning. And it's interesting because I was watching John Oliver and the argument that Ben Shapiro was making is that this isn't the market versus people's lives. This is lives and lives because the market is not simply a representation of a number of the corporations in America. It's jobs. How, it's, it's jobs. Can you afford what sort of standard of living can you afford? How much stress is in your life? Which will kill you? Can you afford medical care in the future? These, these types of things. You mm-hmm. know, if, if the market didn't increase lifespan, then it wouldn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess pleasure is important, too. 
but watching John Oliver make interesting points, but at no point rebutted this other argument, which I see is, if it's lives on one side, lives on the other, how do we begin to weigh that? And it was interesting because Ben Shapiro had a guy credentialed, as the liberal people do, a credentialed doctor comes on and says what they want him to say. Yeah, yeah. He's got this to guy. To be fair, first. that's how they sell toothpaste, exactly. too. You just get a guy in a lab coat <laughs> to say he's a doctor. Well, no, I mean, they both, they both I think, had well-credentialed doctors. Ben Shapiro, as I remember, was from Stanford. No, I know. I'm just saying that this, <laughs> this yes, they both have doctors. So sure. his guy made a very interesting point, which is we do not know the death rate. And there is no way to make rational po policy decisions on this without knowing what he referred to as the denominator. So the numerator is the number of people who have died. Mm -hmm. The denominator is the number of people who have gotten it. Yeah, yeah. And we have no idea mm -hmm. because as you experience, one of the problems is when people have coronavirus and clear it, they don't show, the tests that they're using don't show it. We're not testing for antibodies, which is what we need to be testing for. So he says the most important thing that we can do over the next two weeks to save lives economically and, and otherwise, because these is, there's two possible yeah, yeah. scenarios. No, it's insane that my mom would get pneumonia for the first time in her life 14 days after having been in an airport. Yeah. Before, you know, pre <laughs> yeah, the yeah, corona yeah. scare, but like it was around. Yeah. It's just like, no, this is clearly a stupid test. This isn't working. So so his point is, and he was like, I don't, I don't have a political, or at least he tried to say this, I don't have a political horse in this game. And I'm not saying we should or shouldn't relax the thing. What I'm saying is this is either a disease that kills 3% of people and we need to <laughs> treat it very seriously. Or it's a disease that we're not detecting the amount of people that have it and go mm -hmm. unaffected and it kills less people than the flu potentially. And that means we really need to look at relaxing in a week or two's time these restraints that we have on people because people will die on the other side of this. And I thought it was an interesting point. The one I thought thing that I'd they say, were talking to, past each other. Well, not to downplay it. Apparently, it is a, it's apparently a terrible thing to get. Like yeah. I've gotten the flu. Not get, to have symptoms for. Yes. Because this yes. is this is the thing. It's terrible to be in a car accident, but it's not terrible to be in a car. Like it has to go oh, sideways. Sure, I'm just saying if you if it was just the flu in terms of symptoms. Yes. Forget like just that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go to work. I've had the flu. It's annoying. Mm -hmm. But apparently if you get it badly, it is quite a terrible experience. That's and I'm not, I'm not really not trying to take sides. That's also true of the flu. Now the, now the difference is the flu we have vaccines for. So the populations that are most at risk don't have that horrible experience because they get their flu shot early in flu season. Uh, Do you get a flu shot? No. Yeah, me neither. I get the flu. Yeah. <laughs> Every couple of me years. <laughs> and I go, oh, I wish I got a flu shot. But then for the other seven years that I don't get the flu. So that was the one angle. The other one that we've talked extensively about is the stimulus package. Oh, can we start before we go stimulus? Sure. Can we circle back? The one thing I think, because I, I think there's a lot of tendency to say that the other side is full idiots, mm -hmm. right? So one, if you live in a place that you don't have corona, just recognize that people in New York people are do. actually... Yeah being killed over it but the flip side is if you're a liberal person and you're like how could these republicans be so heartless i didn't hear anyone care when it was wuhan china mm -hmm. very very few people were worried about it for the chinese people or for themselves so for a lot of people living in rural areas it's still like it was for all of us a month ago mm -hmm. which is to say a thing they've heard about and they don't know anyone that's gotten it and it's not affecting their lives. So just a quick, like, no one's an idiot here. If you think the other side is being callous or overreacting, you're just not living their reality. Yeah, looking around their neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, that's a great point. So the stimulus we've talked about neither the money machine go burr baby money machine go burr we've talked about this extensively uh, i don't want to get too into the minutiae because 
while I do have hot takes, yeah. they're, they're poorly educated. Yeah. The thing that most concerned me is prior to all of this, you and I were talking about friends and uh, people that we know in our immediate circle who are considered successful, who live beyond their means, yeah. who might earn uh, a one percenter's wage, but spend like a point one percenter. And prior to coronavirus, we're like, this economy cannot last. It's being run on credit. And the one stat that I do have is that four per- the, the saving rate in America is negative 4%, which means people are not saving. They, in fact, have debt, credit mm-hmm. cards, student loan, et cetera. Uh, and then this happened. And then the solution, which I understand, of course, for a stopgap, is more credit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more borrowing against the future. And as I saw this come out, I... I was really sad because I don't think that most people understand that when you eat more, if you have a certain amount of food or a certain amount of money and you have an allotted portion for today and you take more than that, you have to eat less tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so the question becomes, when will tomorrow come? Because you can constantly run credit. If you have 30 days worth of food, you could steal for the first day or you could eat big the second day and the third day and the fourth day and the fifth day and have zero left over. So when will tomorrow come? And who will eat less? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't know if you wanted to hop in there, but this is something that I've really been thinking about. Like, when is this thing going to pop? When is... We thought it wasn't going to come till after Trump got reelected. Yeah. <laughs> we thought he was going to sweet talk the I was market. Predicting, I was predicting... <laughs> so I, before Corona, I was predicting a market crash in year one of Trump's reign, which yeah. was going to give him enough time for it to recover because mm-hmm. I thought all he cared about was, like, looking good. And so yeah. keep it good, get elected, let it crash, and then repair it, and then you can take the credit for the repair. That Mm -hmm. was my prediction before Corona. Mm -hmm. Then Corona came and the market fell faster than it's ever fallen since the Great Depression. And he seems very intent on saving Mm -hmm. that number, which is scary to me. The other thing, so I I spoke to my family um, and they've obviously been affected and they're going to get checks in the mail as I think just about every American is entitled to. And they're happy with that. But I was like, I want to, I don't want to, pop your balloon or your kill your buzz but you may have just been taxed more than you received in the mail today meaning when you print two trillion dollars worth of money and you send it to people it's got to come from somewhere which means the currency inflates i know this is boring but every person out there who was being paid a salary or a wage that doesn't rise with inflation just had some of their future taken from them and given as a gift yeah for sure (laughs) and it's upsetting because there's so many ways and we're actually in this weird like if the people down here who don't understand get screwed and the people at the top are gonna there's windfalls for them in terms of i understand just enough that i am getting screwed but not enough to do well yeah yeah we're right in the middle (laughs) yeah yeah like some people are getting screwed they don't know it i just know i'm getting screwed but I'm not really sure what to do about it. Yes. And of course, I'm not saying that there shouldn't have been a stimulus. I think this is the role of the government when the, the faith in the currency could potentially collapse. Yeah. To and step I actually, in. I do want to clarify, I, I like the individual bailouts. Yeah. I'm actually fine with individuals getting money. I don't like the corporate bailouts. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that we need to save Carnival Cruise Line or save airlines, let them go bankrupt. Yeah. And then someone... Because the way bankruptcy works, I think people think when a company goes bankrupt, you just light everything on fire. When a company goes bankrupt and it's an airline, Mm -hmm. it's not that there's no more flights for Americans. What it means is that, let's say, oh, I won't say one because I don't know what the legal is, but one of them goes Mm -hmm. bankrupt. Their planes go on fire sale and they are sold for a third of their value. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, they're just desperate to pay their creditors anything. 
and then a new airline is either formed or a small airline Gets grows. Buys cheap planes. Buys cheap planes, and they do the same flights. And so, the question is, which airline? The one that prepared for the world that we live in, yeah. where you can't buy back stock. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And I guess I'll, <laughs> for people who don't know, what happened was uh, I'm going to get these numbers rough. I think there was $35 billion spent on stock buybacks by airlines. So let's let's just break this down for people who might not understand. So you're an airline. Yeah. You're making money. And you have a couple of options what to do. And so does every American family, by the way, when they make some money. Yeah. So you have you cash. Can, yes. You can take that money and distribute it to your owners. Or you can put some of it in the bank and say... We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We might need some payroll yeah. in case anything goes wrong. So they spent $35 billion to make themselves and their stockholders richer. Mm-hmm. Now they're asking for Save no mo- $50 billion yeah. in a bailout. Yeah. To which I say, you should have held on to some of that money. Yes. I'm sorry. You should probably go bankrupt. Sure. Just like any individual would have to. And in personal economics, and this is the thing that I've, that I've been thinking about a lot. There was a point in my life where if coronavirus had hit, I'd be so screwed. Fresh out of college, $100,000 in debt. Let's say my job gets shut down. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, $1,000 of student loans to pay, plus rent, plus this. No opportunity. Now, lucky lucky for me, it didn't hit then. And I was able to earn money, pay back my debt, and then make the decision to start to save such mm-hmm. that it hits now and I can, even though our business has been dramatically affected, Pull yeah. on my savings to... Turns out charisma is more appealing when there isn't a government-mandated quarantine. You might call it a non-essential product. <laughs> yeah. Turns out when the government says, we're going to fine you for interacting with people, less people want to learn charisma. Yes. And and I see this government as, uh, you could call it the father figure or whatever, who has a kid who earned some money, spent it all on stuff to enjoy their day, something went wrong and rather than having at least there be some consequences for that decision to live in a fantasy world where tomorrow is always better than today and have them learn the lesson we are now incentivizing companies to do buybacks because if you're the ceo of an airline and you don't buy back stock that means the next time that the industry explodes you've actually reneged on your fiduciary responsibility to your investors to get them as much money because the government is going to step in, tax the people, and pay you anyway. Yeah, yeah. And just to be clear, I'm not against, I'm not against bailouts. I just think that no, we're doing it poorly. I think, I, I think there's, there's ways in which I, it's absolutely, we need some stimulus. Uh, but, I, but I read some of these stories and it gets my blood absolutely boiling. And I know individuals who I would say were running on credit. Their business was about to fall apart. Uh, and now this, they get to yeah I know, now so, they get I know to you're blame it on coronavirus. I know you're about. Some, <laughs> someone was poorly running a business, overgrowing, had too much debt, revenue wasn't going to match it. They were going to go bankrupt, mm-hmm. but now they get to blame coronavirus and stake government money instead. Yes. Yeah, and it's this is not so people can suffer. This is because I think if if nobody seems to I don't maybe I'm a libertarian. I'm not pure market, but the nice thing about the market, which does need interruption from the government, is that it tries to give you the lessons that reality is serving you, which is, uh, hey, we live in a world that sometimes has pandemics. Who's prepared for that? It's kind of a survival of the fittest. And this is interrupting that interaction Mm -hmm. right now so that people who make decisions that you can expect not to work well in the future will continue to be around encouraged to make those sorts of decisions uh so 
it's been frustrating for me to watch while I also recognize that there are certainly uh, industries like restaurant industries, which of course have tiny little margins and you, and you need to save, to save them. There's people in situations where they haven't had an opportunity to save. I think of myself fresh out of college that need stimulus, that need all that kind of stuff. But there's been certain stories I've read that have just driven me up a wall in the yeah. last in the last few weeks. So stimulus, anything else on that? I think it's funny that Andrew Yang was so uh, <laughs> so what's the word radical for having his freedom dividend yeah and then he gets kicked out of the presidential campaign he <laughs> fast forward and he was like progressive liberal all of a sudden everyone trump yeah. the conservative everyone's just like yeah freedom dividend free money oh andrew you were so right so we got all that interesting stuff do you want to move to interesting current events cultural things that have yeah you want to get off the pandemic yeah sure so I've got some good stuff for you. Okay. Do you want uh, simps or Tiger King? Uh, let's go with simps. Okay. It's a funny word. Yes. Yeah, so I actually Can don't we know. Find simps. I don't know what it is. I think. I have an. I have a guess. Go ahead. I think it's people who are sympathetic to. I could be wrong. I think it's men who. Well, I'll describe what I think they do. It's women who have these accounts on social media, and the men who white knight for them in the hopes that they will one day like them and have a relationship with them. So they, they go in, they say super nice things, they defend them against haters, they're, you know, that they're very active Yeah, in, my in impression, my, I could totally be wrong. Can we, will you pull it up? Yeah, what is this? My impression from from my limited understanding, we'll see if I'm right, is that it's, it's guys who are basically trying to get into romantic relationships with women or trying to sleep with women, and the route they go about it is by being, to your point, like, super sycophantic like very sycophantic very 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 nice but in a, almost in a fake way yeah they don't really know the person but they they Think act like excellent. they do yeah, yeah. so I, I mean the example i heard is it's literally like people who pay cam girls yeah would be simps so this actually is a poor it's not this was one of the criticisms but this isn't what can, a simp would be can we we'll get a definition yeah so i heard this word like a week ago a man that puts himself in a subservient slash submissive position under women in hopes of winning them over without the female bringing anything to the table. This is off Urban Dictionary from okay. 2012. Uh, so. I, that that, that works. It. Not to be confused with a man who's in a sexual relationship with a woman and just happens to like being submissive. Not a simp, just a guy that likes to be a sub whipped. Yeah. Totally different. And I approve of this message. <laughs> so they're both fine. Do whatever you want. The the thing that blew up. Do you know who iDubbbz is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you oh, only because I wa- I've literally never heard of iDubbbz before. I watched PewDiePie's video about oh, so iDubbbz. You watched it. So, I sent it to you. I was okay. like, is this the kind of React video you want to do? Because you're starting <laughs> I, to do React videos. So that, what did you think of that whole thing? I was, well, I have my opinions. But so I don't, I don't get it. My impression is that this guy iDubbbz basically built a career around making fun of cam girls and instagram thoughts no, no, and no, things no, like no. that about being critical mostly of men i actually but in on occasion he was he did content cop where he would catch you in hypocrisies and point out your biggest insecurities and mm. so he was very good at that and then when people would come at him they like would tease his hairline he like shaved his hairline up to here so he was he was uh Showing no insecurity and any. Sorry, any, he's balding, but he would make it look worse if that's what he you would came make it look about. worse. But like, yes, he would Got not it. let you He'd get like him. Buzz this half, but bick this half. There was or one something. guy, Leafy, who didn't have a strong chin, and in all of his videos, it was behind a microphone, and he pointed that out because it was obviously his biggest point of 
uh, insecurity. And so that way he would make content cops that were about people's insecurities. Hold on, I want to see how weak of a chin someone has that they want to hide it behind a microphone. With, so he would point out people's insecurities, criticize, and they was typically people that he thought were doing mean, unkind, bad things. And then he would hit them for physical traits and that kind of stuff, but only insofar as he, I guess, deemed them to be bad people. I don't know a ton of, of about him, but those were the videos that I watched of his. Just seems like the guy would be better off not trying to hide his chin. Sure, which is true of just about every insecurity, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the punchline. So in any event, you watch the video. He has a girlfriend who said that she was going to be doing an OnlyFans account. If you don't know what an OnlyFans is, it's a private pay for risque slash nudes photos depending on and it's totally your discretion yeah x x rated x rated content like, where um, individuals pay for cosplay that's cosplay. what she's that's what she's claiming to do yes and so ale- join, and so, so just just so you know allegedly there's no nudity in hers it's highly suggestive highly okay. highly suggestive um but like covering technically the bits that are Pasties on the nipples. Yes. <laughs> yes. Pasties on the nipples. Yes. Got it. Everything and, else is seen. And so. Not those aeolas, The though. internet or his fan base, apparently some of them were very upset because he was like a an idol to them. And uh-huh. that he went at the bad guys and did this and, yeah, and yeah. didn't take no guff from anybody. And uh, they were upset that he would date someone that would make an OnlyFans account. And so, and so he made a response being like, why do I care what she does she could do whatever she wants. Yeah, yeah. This has nothing to do with the content that I've made. This is consistent with the content I've made because I don't care about this. I've only criticized other types of things. And so I'm just curious what I, it was a big internet thing. I'm curious what your take was. I mean, I don't know that I'd, so I guess two things. One, Idubs is in a rough spot because yeah. he started with his conclusion, which is always a tough place to argue from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because first, he, so the first thing he has to do, I assume, is he wants to keep dating his girlfriend. Of course. And so then the second thing which he has to do is support her in his mind. I think that and was so, some of the criticism. And yeah. so instead of what you'd like to do, which is start from, I don't know who I am. What is the philosophically sound argument here? There's a guy named Idubs, blah, blah, blah. He's going, I am Idubs and I refuse to stop dating this person and I have to defend her. Now I'm going to form my argument, mm-hmm. which is just always a hard place to come from. Sure. Um, so I don't know because I don't know enough about the content to know if he is a hypocrite or not. I am amazed that anyone cares. That's, so my that thing, so stepping back from iDubs, right? So like you're a guy and your girlfriend does shows nudity for money. Whether you care or not, that's kind of up to you. And if you did care, I'd understand. Like yeah. if you had a girlfriend and she was doing this and you were like, dude, I'm really bothered by this. I would not say you're out of line. Or if because I was like, I don't care at all. I would yeah. not say you're out. I'd say, OK, let's talk about why. But certainly there's arguments to be made. Mm-hmm. Someone that doesn't know you caring that your girlfriend is showing off <laughs> her boobs on the internet like that's the, i'm like you shouldn't care yeah you maybe should care maybe shouldn't care i haven't thought a lot about it we could come up with what makes the most sense but why do you care what his girlfriend shows other strangers yeah that's the part i didn't get it's like who cares what idub's girlfriend does it cuts both ways though and i think gary v makes this point which is like look if you want people to tell you that your opinions on some stupid shit are important and that your videos matter you have to be prepared for them to care how you conduct the other avenues of your life. Because here's the truth. None of it matters. Well, I don't know who he is, <laughs> like, though. So let's say Pew- let's say PewDiePie, who I do know. Mm-hmm. PewDiePie is not... He did not make his career off of criticizing cam girls. Mm-hmm. He made his career off being funny. If his wife is a cam girl, that has no impact on his content. So I'll, I'll give you a... Does that, a make, slight, does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, I agree, too. I essentially agree. But I was thinking about it. And it's like... Not every iDubs or PewDiePie video was good enough to make them famous. In fact, most of them are not. 
people who watch these people have become invested in a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And if they wanted to purely be judged on the quality of their content, starting from zero every single time, they would not be famous. Oh, I'm not, but I'm not saying a stranger. I'm saying I, it's it'd be weird if I cared if your girlfriend was a cam girl. It's like that does weird ha that has no that people care anything about PewDiePie or iDubs. What's what's no, no, PewDiePie's saying, opinion on iDubs? I'm saying pretend that they're friends though. Forget mm -hmm. stranger. You're saying that they're which I agree. Their fame is based on their fan base thinking they have a relationship with that person. So I to feel, say you don't I, have a relationship with me is feel, a little bit. No, forget that part. I feel like I have a relationship with I'm an iDubs fanatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't wait for that to get clipped. And somebody <laughs> like Ben's an I'm an iDubs fanatic. And uh, I think I have a relationship with iDubs. Yeah. Okay. Fine. It's not closer than my friendship with you, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that I should really be too perturbed if someone you're sleeping with has an OnlyFans page. Mm -hmm. That's for you to decide if it bothers you. Yeah. But if it doesn't bother you, it's not my place, even as your very close friend, to tell you how you should feel about your girlfriend's nudity. Does that make sense? So, yes. like, I'm not saying you don't have a relationship with iDubs. I'm just saying, even if you're best friends with iDubs, what his girlfriend does with her boobs shouldn't really bother you unless it bothers now if it bothered you then i could come from a place of my friend being upset mm -hmm. but yeah, if you don't care why don't why do i get to get upset about your girlfriend's breasts sure like <laughs> sure well let me give you this is the weird thing in a strange way not clearly not in the most important ways people are closer to idubs than they are their best friend in certain avenues for instance my best friends do not watch all my videos <laughs> my fans do mm -hmm. uh the they do not care about my opinion on a wide variety of topics they have not sat down and watched these podcasts these are some of the closest people in my life they don't care <laughs> what i have to say so there is this strange thing where these people have invested in and i'm not saying it the right or wrong to really caring how one thinks acts and conducts themselves and so he's received uh, it's, he just is getting both sides of it is all that I'm saying. He, people care that he walks around with a camera and he does squirrel videos. His friends don't. I would be willing to bet that his best friends do not care tremendously about his squirrel videos. Mm -hmm. But these fans <laughs> care tremendously. So there's this strange relationship where you simultaneously actually know nothing about this person, but have invested yourself in the, what they do, think, yeah, yeah. Sleep, who they sleep with, I'm how not they saying do that it. he has a right to be immune to... I'm not saying Everyone he has, has a, a right to be immune to yeah, criticism. Yeah. I'm not saying that, like, he's... It's You're not allowed to care. Mm -hmm. I just think you shouldn't care. <laughs> like, I, if you find way. yourself caring, it I would... It would be best for you... Yeah, exactly. ...if you didn't care. Exactly. So rather than, rather than moralize, yeah, your life is harmed by investing... Heavily. By being upset, if yeah. you're upset about what iDub's girlfriend does with her breasts, mm -hmm. it is to your own detriment. And simultaneously, I think this is important. If if you find that iDub's and you share a common opinion about politics or anything else, and that makes you feel supported in that, you should examine that belief as yeah, well. Yeah, unless what you have is empathy, and watching someone's victories makes you happy because you're happy for them. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. But again, this wouldn't be empathy because he doesn't seem upset. Unless you pause it at the right time and look at his sad eyes. Because <laughs> that's what I heard people were there like, he's like saying all the right things, but his eyes look really sad. Yeah, that was my only thought. And, and my thought is, if you don't care, who cares? You're, to your point, why, why is this even a thing? But I know that I've been in situations where I've been in the bind that you described, which is I'm dating someone. I don't want to not date them. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah. They've done something, and I'll tell you what the thing was. We, uh, my girlfriend and I had just broken up, and we were on again, off again. 
and we the next three days I was like I gotta go out I gotta be out with my boys <laughs> we go and of course I did I know she was gonna be there we picked the bar that she was at so within two or three days of breaking up I stumble into her at a bar I'm like uh hi <laughs> so we we say hi we talk it's uncomfortable I still really like her she still really likes me but we're both like we're separate now and at one point she walks up to you and my other friend and yeah. says hi and you guys I don't want to mischaracterize it but basically go hi how are you yeah yeah i don't <laughs> like, want to i don't want to talk i didn't like her when you guys were dating yes, i actually like her more now than i did when you guys were dating um mm -hmm. but so i see her i have no interest in talking to her uh the only thing that i know about her at that moment is that she's making you upset mm -hmm. she comes up and acts like we're friends mm -hmm. she's, hey how's it going and i'm just like i'm hey. good i wasn't rude to her yeah, yeah it's like i'm good how are you she like goes in for a hug i give her a hug but not my best hug. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. i mean i'm just like like a deer in the headlights. You were uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, hey, how's it going? How are you? She's like, I'm good. How are you? I was like, I'm good. So, and I didn't want to keep the conversation going, so now yeah. I'm just making eye contact with yes. her. And she's making eye contact with me. And I go, <laughs> so she walks out. All right, she's, cool. So <laughs> what <talk>. happens is <laughs> she's hyper upset by this because yeah. she thinks that they're, they're closer than this, which fine, whatever. She can think whatever she wants. She leaves, and I get calls from her sister, her friend. <laughs> How dare you? How You are an asshole. Your friends are assholes. I was like, I didn't say a single mean word to her for the record. I know, I know. <laughs> so nobody did anything in my, and we can, we can review this. Uh, she was just upset. She got upset that you guys didn't have the relationship that she wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's on her, right? And if she doesn't like someone, she cannot like you. But it has nothing to do with me. Like, my relationship, I do not mediate, and sh I did at the time, <laughs> should not be mediating my girlfriend's re or ex-girlfriend's relationship with my friends. It yeah. has nothing to do with me. You guys can like each other. Please don't hook up. But, <laughs> but, but I get this pressure, pressure, pressure. We wind up uh, seeing each other again and sort of getting back together over the next week. And I have to, don't have to, I decide to because I want to be with her. Mm -hmm. But she's got this, your friends are bad. I can't talk her out of that effectively. So I have to go to my friends and be like, please apologize to her. And so I had to get you guys, and you guys, I appreciate it, honestly. You sent her like, you sent her the most honest, yet not apologetic thing. No, no, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote what like, I could. I, was I like, am listen. sorry you felt no, sad. No, no, I was like, I was like, listen, it was never my intention to upset you. Yes. Wasn't expecting to see you. Yeah. Uh, reacted in what I thought was a polite way. Yeah. I tried to be kind. Like, yes. I just said a bunch of sentences that are true. Yes. And I put them all together. <laughs> and I was like, these are all true. I was like, that's a good chunk of words. That's four, <laughs> those are four true sentences. So anyway, and that satisfied her. But I understand what it is like to be in a situation where someone has a behavior or a, a way of viewing the world that you don't subscribe to. But in order to maintain a relationship with them, you feel like you have to go to bat for them yeah no that's what i'm saying so you start idubs is starting with the position of Who i knows? have to not, he may he may or may not i'm I, i'm I, no he might feel this way and he might not but he is starting from a position of he has to defend his girlfriend mm -hmm. i'm willing to go i don't know him but i'm willing to go out on a limb here and saying it would not go well for him if he made a video to his massive audience condemning his girlfriend it was just like i'm, I'm dating her even though i really highly i think this is this. terrible yeah. and i'm disgusted by it and we talk about it regularly and I think she deserves all the hate. Yeah, that's not going to go well for him, right? So I'm willing. Well, he, to, would, he wouldn't have said that. For I'm sure. willing to go out on a limb and say that he started from a place of I got. I have to. I have to go be cool to, with this. Go to bat for her. I and have be cool to be with cool this. with this. Yes. And then, second, figure out what he was going to say in that video, mm -hmm. which is just a terrible place to ever form an argument. You always just want to start with like, what's my best version of philosophical truth? What's my? What are my actual feelings about this topic? If I didn't know who I was, 
Right. And that requires one to be emotionally able to change sides when presented with a feel. And I'm not saying that he he might genuinely feel every word that he says. This is actually a cool this is actually a cool quick topic. I don't, I don't want to belabor it, but the best thing I think anyone can do is so there's there's this thing of honesty and integrity, right? And I think when you consider this is in yourself, the course, dude, don't give it away. No, I'm okay. <laughs> is it really? No, it's gonna it's an emotional master. An emotional master. Yeah. So if there's people like myself decide that their identity is going to be that they're going to be perfect integrity, right? Mm-hmm. What that means is that you cannot admit truths that would make you do things that are against your identity or that you don't want to do. Which is which is to say. I think in a situation like iDubs, forget there's a video, right? You're just in your own life. You're better off being able to admit to yourself and your friends, listen, I don't like what my girlfriend is doing, but I'm going to keep dating her. Mm-hmm. And you can say, because I like her enough to overcome it, because I'm addicted to her, and whatever the truth this. is. And I've criticized people for the same thing in the past. And I'm a hypocrite. And that's the hardest one to do is like, I've made fun of somebody for this yesterday. But that's, that yeah. is actually weirdly enough for your own happiness, for the best decisions for yourself in mm-hmm. the future and your own best happiness today, the number one thing you can do is go, I will be honest about the ways in which I'm failing myself. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I was in a open relationship. My girlfriend eventually made it very obvious that she did not like when I would hook up with other people. Mm-hmm. What I should have done is just said, all right, I'm going to stop hooking up with other people because it's not worth the 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 fighting that it causes, mm-hmm. right? So even though this goes against my identity as someone who at the time was very against monogamy, I'm just going to give you your way because it makes my life easier in the short term. Mm-hmm. That's what I should have said. Instead, what I did was I said, okay, I have to keep, I have to maintain my position of open because philosophically, because I've, I've said this fallen so in love many with, times. I've fallen in love with yeah, this yeah. idea. And and I think just to, to reiterate why, it was because we talked about it so many times. Mm-hmm. We said, and, and I'm sure you and I had both at the time spoken about somebody who was in a position where they were dating a girl and they liked her and she pressured them and they flipped. And yeah, like, she would tease the guy. How dare you, dude? Yeah. You care about this. Like, yeah. don't don't switch just because of one person. And yeah, so yeah. You, better to let the person yeah. go than to change, than to than change, change your, 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 philosophy. your philosophy. So you're on the record for that. So I'm on the record as saying that. And I'm going to stop hooking up with other people because it's just such a pain mm-hmm. at that point that I literally the pleasure of hooking up with other people is outweighed by the, you know, hassle of dealing with the repercussions, mm-hmm. even though our relationship is open mm-hmm. because that's just where things had gotten to. We weren't in a good place. And what I should have done is just said all that. But at the time, what I said was, OK, well, I, ha- I have to be in integrity with the f- all the things I've said. So I will just justify that my complete lack of interacting with other women is not because of my girlfriend, but it's because of other things. And there, that will be in alignment with my philosophy, which is it's okay if you're just unable to hook up with people. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in that. And it led to the relationship lasting longer than it should have in a, um, a packaging that it should Like, it shouldn't have been open. It should have been a breakup or just accept monogamy. Okay, let's try and monogamy. And stop jumping through all these yeah, mental yeah, yeah. hoops. Let's it, try monogamy. It strained my friendships because here I am trying to justify this that they can everyone can, else can see what's happening mm-hmm. right now i'm tr- i'm forced to in my attempt to be integrous do all this cognitive dissonance and so yeah i think i think the best thing idubs could do the best thing i could have done is just just admit your, your faults or your hypocrisies mm-hmm. and start with saying what's true and then figure out where to go from there yeah and actually weirdly enough not only will that lead to you being happier today because you just relieve all the mental pressure, it lets you make better decisions for your future because you're at least starting with honest eyes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know how we got started on yeah, that. But. We, as your friends at the time, I remember we did not do a great job because what we 
pushed on you was be both honest and integrous. Mm-hmm. And as friends, I think what you are best to do is just ask them to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And be like, look, man. I'm not going to hold you to any I'm action. Not, forget I'm not everything gonna, you said. I'm not going to make you do <laughs> I'm not going to say, ah, because of that, you have to do anything. Yes. You don't have to do a single thing. Yes. I just want to lay, I just want to get Let's just clear eyes. a monogamous Just clear eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you can say, that's not my ideal. And it's, it runs counter to what I said yesterday. And that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And that will allow for such dramatically fast growth because now you are not the biggest obstacle in your life. Now you get to deal with this monogamous relationship and see if it's what you genuinely want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rather than having a fake open relationship which isn't actually being tested against anything because it's not being honest about what it is. Yeah. So yeah, if you're a friend and I've been in this situation, don't push people to be integrous when they're when they can't simply create a space where they can f- be honest and you yeah, and let like, them and let them be hypocrites let them be hypocrites yes. for a little bit it'll work itself out is the other thing when you see people a lot of times when you see people who are in bad relationships or who are doing bad things now obviously if your friend is becoming a heroin addict try to step in and save his life but start with honesty though i know yeah if for you sure. force them if you say that heroin is bad for you and if it's bad you have to give it up today is like no 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 Let's start with an honest accounting. The heroin is bad you, for you, and, and you're going to do it anyway. And if you have to shoot up this afternoon, yeah. that's got to happen. But let's get an honest accounting of how it's affecting your life. Yeah, because otherwise they'll just try to hide stuff from you. Exactly. Exactly. And when you start getting those honest accountings, they weigh, 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 and eventually integrity can follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so good stuff. Want to hop over to Tiger King? Sure, yeah. I have not watched the show. This is perfect. Your brother gave me a... <laughs> Pretty detailed (laughs) summary of the show, but I've never seen it. So let's hop in. So I watched Tiger King in two sittings. It's six, seven hours of content. So, I mean, there's two long movies that I watched. It's only only seven hours, start to finish. Seven, 50, 45 minute episodes, maybe a little less. Yeah. You know what's funny? I just did a video on Vikings, so that's nothing to me. (laughs) I watched 40 hours of television in four days to make that video. Uh, so we watched Tiger King. It's interesting. I am going to spoil some of it for you. If you're here and you don't want that, come back later. Yeah, from my perspective, feel free to spoil everything. So it's a show about these big cat people on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it was getting a lot of press, so we watched it. And it's got a lot of twists and turns. There's a murder plot. Then you find out this one big cat lady might have murdered her husband and fed him to the tigers years ago. And then there's an arson. And... They lead you to believe that the you know it could have been this guy, could have been this guy, but the guy who did it probably owned the house and was destroying his own stuff that was going to get him indicted. And the guy winds up in jail at the end of it, but it says he's going to put everyone in jail with him. Is where it ends. So you watch this, and it's it's a it's so engaging. And I had an well, they're opinion. fantastic at reveals. They're so show, good at right? reveals. They're so good at that's, reveals. That's the thing because you when when you tell the story like that, it's not particularly sexy yeah. henry kind of gave me the chronology yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, yeah you start here and the thing they're best at is hiding the punchline yep and then there's a big reveal <laughs> yeah of like this woman who you think is a philanthropist and you yeah. think she's the kind one and there's yeah. kind of this guy who's a profiteer and she's not a profiteer killed her husband uh, yeah. fed him to tigers <laughs> and is a bigger uh, profiteer yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like what she was the good guy yeah. so i i stepped away from this and then i googled it and I watched one nine-minute video from the from basically this woman. Her name is Carol Baskin. And the memes are all, did Carol do it? You know, it's Carol Baskin's fault. Uh, Kim Kardashian tweeted, do you think she killed her husband? And I watched one nine-minute video, and it exposed to me that this entire thing that was pitched as a documentary is a reality TV show, which is to say mm. it's completely 
fabricated. Mm. And I only mean that in the sense, only in the sense that they decided who these characters were. And some of the information you have about them is true. But upon reflection... Who's they? The characters decided? Everyone. No. So so here's what I've, I've realized after. So Carol Baskin is actually her current husband who talks about some of the things and just made me understand kind of what was going on. First off, they approached her and said that they were doing a documentary, and I believe this, this because this jives with me, that was supposed to be the blackfish for big cats, which is to say that that was the one that made SeaWorld have to get rid of their orcas. Mm. Uh, and she said, we've been approached for many documentaries. We don't do them. I'm not interested, but I wanted to do that. And they didn't do that at all. Mm-hmm. This was a, uh, a character, ex- uh, it was drama, right? So they lied to her off the bat. Mm-hmm. She said, we have them open access for three days. And the way in which they portrayed me was highly unfair. And I already saw, because I'm aware of editing aspects, they would play these shrill violins over her and put her in slow motion smiling while somebody talked about the murder. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what yeah, you yeah. can, the, the ability for an editor to control a narrative is absolutely insane. It's, it's. That's actually interesting. So as a viewer, walk me through this. So, so the. They're talking about her husband's death. Oh, and, and he's going... And what, and, they, and what they show is her smirking... In a slow, in slow motion, motion walk. And they play violence. Which is nefarious, yes. Interesting. And, okay, then they talk about... One of the rumors is that... And one of the things, she has this habit of laughing after she says things. But they always linger on it for exactly the amount of time that would it take for it to be awkward before she starts her next sentence. Which is like, if you let her start her next sentence, this is a normal conversation. If you cut the laugh... It's not a nefarious statement. But if you have her laugh <laughs> and pause right there, it's the weirdest, creepiest thing you can make someone look like. So you're able to, you're able to make her look creepy. You're able to do this. Uh, and then one of the big things that she really pointed out was she said the meat grinder thing. She's like, this was the most ridiculous piece. They said that we had to grind him up because there would have been bones if we fed him to tigers mm-hmm. and feed him to the tigers. And we had a meat grinder in our house. It was a hand crank on the ledge of my kitchen counter. This has been established over and over again. And what they showed, I remember it, was an industrial grade meat grinder spitting out ground beef. And the B-roll that they used over her was insane. Was dishonest. Was completely dishonest at points. And it's like, well, why would someone pick that? Right? Why be that flagrantly why, dishonest? And well, then I How th- big is the one that she actually has? Like this. It's for you to make a hamburger patty. You, she said, and she does say, you couldn't have, you couldn't fit someone's hand in this meat grinder. You have to grind it. It's, it's mm. in the at-home meat grinder for families that are making five cheeseburgers. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, and so there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that. I noticed the editing while I was watching it. So, but basically, at a high level, what you're saying is, when you're watching, which this is impossible for anyone to mm-hmm. do, when you're watching, what you'd want to do is register what's B-roll from A-roll. So they're talking about a meat grinder and they're showing you a video. Yeah. It does not have to be her meat grinder. You can't do that. And how about this? How about what she said? Now, I don't know if she said these things. They told her, by the way, why don't don't they show their own lines? They said the only reason that they had to speak about uh, her husband was just to address it. And it was it was an entire it was one seventh and it was referenced over and over again. They did not do anything to save big cats. At the end, there was a thing that said five thousand cats. Are in. It was not about cats. Mm-hmm. It was about people. It's about the Tiger King. Mm-hmm. He said they told him that this guy, the Tiger King, would not be uh, a major part. He was just a character. It's his title. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do believe these statements because it makes to me that makes sense. Why would someone who has no financial motive be involved in this? Can I cut in? Sure. One lesson for everyone. 
because we have learned this in business. Mm-hmm. If it's not in writing, mm-hmm. it didn't get said. Yes. And I've seen, I've seen, we have narrowly escaped getting totally screwed because we do adhere to this rule decently well. So many people will say something, promise you something, and then give you a contract that does not have it in. And when you bring it to their attention, you say, this isn't in the contract, they go, yeah, yeah, but don't worry about that. And so my advice to anyone ever, if you're being promised anything, <laughs> unless I mean friendships, whatever, but in yeah. business, seriously, in business, if it's not in the contract, it didn't, it didn't get said. It doesn't exist. Another thing, if, if, and I've learned this, if someone's pointing a camera at you and you don't know them and trust them deeply, they're trying to take advantage of you. That's 100%. Uh, out in the streets in LA, hey, can I ask you a question? You want to answer a question. I've done this before. It's a prank channel. It's always a prank channel. Yeah, yeah. The camera is not there so that they can do something kind. The I was camera actually, is there so that they can exploit or take advantage of you. Even a news station stopped me while I was walking my dog during the corona th- two weeks ago. Cut pre- you up, make you look like an idiot. I was like, no, no way. Absolutely not. <laughs> Who knows what the story is? <laughs> All you have to do is edit what it says underneath. Yep. Like I could say the exact same words unedited while it says like reckless dog walker ignores yep. the, now this yep. was pre-law but yeah. yeah i was like no i don't want to be on your show or for no upside now they exactly could sh- they could air it today uh, yeah exactly because it was, it was two weeks Why ago not they have no obligation so that was that it was a huge thing and then the, the third lesson is in all of these situations follow the money so let's look back at what happened there was this making a murder which made netflix a ton of money there was serial there's these guys that have been filming the tiger king for five years they've got footage it's not a story. It's nothing. It's just footage at this point. So what are you going to do? Are you going to make a tiger documentary? Or are you going to sell Netflix, the next Making a Murderer, mm. that has as many twists, turns, uh, nefarious things, bad people and characters as is humanly possible? I actually found this too with Serial. I got obsessed with Serial, the, mm-hmm. the podcast. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, oh my God, he's innocent. Yep. Like it's 100% true he's innocent. And I got I got deep in it and I Googled. I always do that when I get obsessed with something. And it's way more. It's not cut and dry. I'm not saying he's guilty, but it's even in serial, which is like the godfather of these. They leave certain things out. They have a bias. And so, yeah, it's it's very. Let's look at serial. Let's pretend you did all this research and and then you found out conclusively that he's guilty. Not a story. Yeah. Uh, that's not, you know what I mean? And what do you do? Maybe wait till episode 12 to reveal. But you no, know, it's the mystery is what drives this thing. And the evidence pointing to the other person is what makes that mystery. And no work. one recommends it to their friend. If you, Even if you go through it and you're like, oh, that was good. And at the yeah. end, he's guilty. You're like, oh, that was a cool story. They could have just told But you me. don't talk about it. You don't <laughs> talk to it. You're not going, oh, my God, guys, you will never you believe think? this story. Yes. And so... I realize now they they got they had us for 20 years and people still fall for it. They think that reality TV is real and people still have a sense. But it's increasingly become aware that reality TV is fake. Well, we I only know that because our friend did it. I was amazed at how mm -hmm. fake they literally make him say he has a sentence where he says, I I made eight million dollars last year. He says that sentence and I called him. I was like, dude, why did you lie about your income? He goes, I didn't say that, dude. (laughs) I said million. They found me say eight some other time. They just made my mouth look like it. Like they no, no, literally... no, they, they cut to B-roll and then they cut back. Oh, yeah, did. yeah. Cut to they B-roll cut away. cut back. Uh, and then the last thing, which I realized, is now documentaries are the new reality TV. Mm-hmm. Netflix is entertainment. You're not learning there. Don't think that you're learning. Don't think that you're getting an accurate picture of the world. It is to stoke the emotions in you that make you watch more Netflix. And if you want to go be entertained, fine. But what has happened and is really tragic, who know? I don't know if she did or did not kill her husband. Uh, but let's assume that she didn't. Do you see the human collateral 
that is for everybody to be interested in this and that that is so irresponsibly because certainly it would be like if there were just a prosecutor that hated someone that got to give a case without a defense present yeah yeah you know what i mean like and 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 you know what they would do which is what they do they give her the most weak moments of defending herself as possible because there's a moment where the husband had taken out a restraining order for her why would he do that well she has an answer for that they use this one woman and who knows if it's true but she has an answer which put throws it all in doubt they use uh the woman closest to him they say his assistant well according to her she embezzled six hundred thousand dollars six months earlier which again just casts doubt on everything that she says Mm -hmm. and it, it may or may not be true but she did not get a fair chance at all to defend herself and yeah. didn't even know that she was being attacked. And it's going to keep happening because this thing was a massive financial success. And mm-hmm. what did they have to do? Ruin one woman's reputation. You know, and <laughs> you know, yeah. and maybe some of the other people in there too. And and it make you make you realize they're all portrayed as these characters. There's this guy, Doc Antle. Don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy, but one of the first things they showed of him, and I was like, Why are you showing me this? Is he, he meets him out front. He says, why don't we get a shot of me? You guys come in. I'll say, hello, how are you? And then they cut to them walking down. They're like, oh, this guy knows how to direct better than I do. They never speak the whole time. It's the only word. Like, there's three times when you see the director speak. Mm-hmm. And then he opens the door and he comes in and goes, hey, how are you? And without meeting him, you go, this guy's fake. You mm-hmm. know this guy's fake. You know he's fraudulent. As opposed to, here's a dude who is kind, normal, and says, you know what's a good idea? I've done this kind of stuff before. Let's have that opening shot because he's been on TV his whole life. <laughs> mm. And but you immediately get the sense that he's fraudulent. And they, I, the power that they have. To yeah, I was going to say the the lesson though isn't because someone listening could be like, oh, just don't say that. Just be yourself. Like, no, he tried don't to, believe anything. It's don't, it's don't don't believe anyone. Don't trust the camera guy. <laughs> don't yeah. believe the camera guy. Don't trust anyone who puts a camera in your face. Uh, don't trust anything you watch on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't trust any documentaries. Well, this is, and again, this is why. It's, we, it's a shame. We still, Cowspiracy we, was the same made up shit. Yeah. And I like, I like veganism, but it was a fake documentary with bs facts and a, and a false narrative of some guy discovering veganism when he'd truly been an activist for years yeah uh so in any event it's it's unfortunate documentaries are fake <laughs> totally yeah it's crazy we now live in this this horrible the news is fake and documentaries are fake yeah i suppose it always has been though so yeah so that was my tiger king and that that was basically all that i had to poor carol baskin who knows if she did it but she did not get a chance to defend herself so yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Been, that's been that was what I wanted to tell you yesterday. I was on the tip of my tongue, and I was like, "This is very interesting." So I haven't heard anyone else talk up. about that. I knew that that wouldn't be the angle that anybody else took because that's it's you just hate her. You just know to hate her right away, mm. and it doesn't take long to look into it. And then you go, the, the big question that will almost always reveal what's happening is follow the money. Like, did she get paid? What does she stand to lose? What do they stand to gain by having her be a husband murderer? Yeah, fucking everything yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything the number one show on netflix they get to do whatever they want for the next documentary their lives are forever bettered and there's other things that to me just completely reeked of poor journalism which is they're speaking to a guy and he gives them this juicy tidbit about somebody else but it's obviously a hidden camera so these directors have developed relationships with these people over four or five years and then sneak hidden cameras in to record them when they think they're off the record which is the most in breach of journalistic integrity thing that you could possibly do. Unless the scene is faked, which they're faking the audience out, but like, mm. put the camera in his face, turn it on, let him know that you're recording him. Oh no, you gotta, you gotta burn this guy to the ground at the end of this to prove your point. Which is like, if, if the same treatment were given to these directors, what kind of documentary would we have on them? 
right? And, and it could be the most awful thing in the world, which of course wouldn't be true. So they got their villains uh, at the expense of just a handful of people. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. right? Jeez. It's, it's, a sad, it's a sad thing. Uh, and I'm not saying she didn't do it. I'm just saying she didn't get a chance to defend herself and they were dishonest. Yeah. So anything else before we, I don't, do we have questions today? Um, I scrounged some up. They're we kinda... can scrounge nice. some. The news, uh, coronavirus is a thing. Do you have anything before we hop into questions? Uh, nothing crazy. I, I ended a relationship at the worst possible time. <laughs> a relationship ended mutually at the worst possible time. Yeah. I was dating someone very casually for two years. Um, but we saw each other probably like once a week for two years. Mm-hmm. And then it ended three weeks before a government mandated <laughs> shutdown of Los Angeles. So that's what's up with me. How are the dating apps? Not so active. So active, dude. But they're Insanely active, but the meetups active. are not active, I presume. I don't know. I haven't been trying to meet up with people. Uh, okay. Um, but I mean, sl- slight plug to endless options, but I redid my photos after Jesse, who we had on our podcast, and yeah. then we had to take it down for reasons that I'm not allowed to say. Um <laughs> But I redid my photos and I, I literally just didn't open the app for five days and I opened it up and I have like 75 matches, which is a record for me. So, wow. Yeah, good photo advice. Really? So it was better photo advice? Oh, yeah, dude. It's pretty undeniable. Do you have the stats? I'd love to get the stats. I don't. Have, I want to do. I want to have you do it and get legit stats on it because I wasn't tracking before and after. But I, yeah. two things. One, I will say more on Hinge more people that i'm like oh wow this person's legitimately attractive whereas before i would get likes but i'd be like cute yeah. i could squint my way into going yeah, out yeah. with this person um and then tinder which just shows the raw numbers because i do tinder gold so it just shows you how many likes you have and let yeah, me see these photos it's dude un- it's undoubted i saw you in your photo shoot yeah yeah <laughs> i did it outside. dude that was part of jesse's uh advice get a, get a pro photographer so, so this I'm guy paid off this guy michael he is uh a Bode, boudoir photographer which means that most of his photos <laughs> are women in lingerie and he's he was like he's one of jesse's friends he's like dude i love to do this i never photograph guys i never photograph outside my studio and i never photograph people in clothing so this is just like a total stretch for so me. we're going to my studio he's like, no he said i'll do taking it. off your clothes yeah, 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 exactly. and pretend so to be- first show me your dick <laughs> cool now but he's like yeah i'll do it for free just because it's so it's so weird for me i was like wow it's weird to me that a clothed man outside is what's weird to you, yeah. but I'll take your free photos. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. That's great. Um, and we're going to affiliate for them. I'm working on it. So okay. I don't know the exact link yet, but we're going to sell, we're going to sell their courses. You like it. I do like it. Yeah. I've been yeah. going through it. I, I'm, I'm on their Instagram portion now. I've never slid into a DM in my life. Are you going to? I don't know. I got to, I got to learn first. So I, I, I think that this course, I haven't taken it, could be useful. But the big thing is what is the mental investment required and if it's if it's being concerned with instagram it might not be worth it no well he's all about jesse's all about the 80 20 i mean people i don't know if people got this just from our podcast but he's he's a very hard worker a borderline Mm -hmm. workaholic i would say he needs to focus less (laughs) but yeah he i don't think he spends a ton of time on it he's constantly in the course talking about the 80 20 mental energy thinking about it because because okay you might have like 11 photos on his instagram okay total fair enough enough. total so he doesn't he's not active good for him um he just has the best 11 photos he thinks of his instagram as like a landing page got it got it but i'm gonna try to guess i think i don't know if it's gonna be live endlessoptions.com slash charisma Mm -hmm. and i think we'll split the revenue cool so if you guys are interested but yeah it's been pretty cool i don't have the stats but mm-hmm. but i haven't gone out with anyone so <laughs> the apps are active though man like maybe yeah. more than ever i think people are bored at home oh for sure i might have some facetime dates i've never done a facetime you date know what before. i think that's better because it it's low time investment you can see if, if you oh, like yeah. one another 
I actually think that should become standard practice to rather than meet up. It's just let's just yeah, yeah, ten yeah. minute, ten minute, twenty minute FaceTime. See if we get along. Yeah. You'll immediately save yourself some bad dates, mm-hmm. and then if you hit it off with someone, then we'll decide if we can see in uh, four weeks. <laughs> listen, we can do a safe a safe distance dog walk or something. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna do some. Fa- I am gonna do some FaceTime dates. I decided because I'm just it. getting bored. But yeah, badly timed breakup on my part. Bummer. Broke up Feb Feb one or something. No, actually, we did Valentine's Day, so it must have been like Feb, literally Feb fifteenth or something. So how dare she? <laughs> <laughs> what do we have now, Justin? Any um, well, first, questions? did you want to talk about Inside Tracker? Oh yeah, we got our first. So so Endless Options is just a friend runs it, but then we got our first official. No, we don't. We did. We have a sponsor. We have a sponsor. It's impossible. First sponsor, Inside Tracker, which you and I have been using for yeah. years. So Inside Tracker, if people have never heard of them. They do basically blood work and then they test all your vitals. So someone comes to your house and they take your blood and then they tell you your cortisol, your vitamin D, all that kind of stuff. It was helpful for me. I found out that I was overtraining and I mm. was uh, vitamin D deficient. And I also found out that my cholesterol was high. It which totally I changed my vitamin I wouldn't stack. have known any of that because yeah. I thought, I was like, oh, I look healthy. So yeah, so I started, I changed how I worked out. I started supplementing differently. I started eating differently. And uh, it's pretty cool because I think a lot of times in the u.s we have these chronic health things but the symptoms by the time they occur you're just sunk you know now you have to go on medicine yeah and i'm much more a proponent of instead of medicating or going through doctors using food and exercise and things like that so yeah it was pretty dope for me my testosterone i think almost doubled from using it really mm-hmm. i just burped into the microphone <laughs> <laughs> so, so i i did it i tracked is one of, i was vitamin d deficient uh, and it's important, like, I, I'll plug them because I, I really like them. Vitamin D can be toxic if you have too much of it. So you don't want to just take vitamin D. Most people are deficient. You're probably okay. Uh, and I don't want to scare you or anything. Yeah, you don't want to OD on but vitamin you don't, D. But, but vitamin C you, it, it is just water-soluble. You'll flush it out. I believe yeah. vitamin D is fat-soluble. It stores in your system. So you don't want to flippantly take it. So getting tested every couple of months, seeing where you're at is good. Mm-hmm. It's a huge building block of testosterone. Uh, so super important. And you'll watch those probably track together. I also tracked my SBHG, which is sexual hormone bl- SHBG, sex hormone binding globule, which effectively nerfs testosterone. So you can have yeah, a ton yeah. of testosterone, but if this binds to it, it makes it less effective. And so they had food recommendations and supplement recommendations to lower my SHBG. So weirdly enough, my testosterone was good, but my like free and active testosterone wasn't. So this goes a level deeper than a lot of tests yeah, yeah. can. You and I are the opposites. I had almost no testosterone, but I was just using it well. <laughs> uh, and, and the big things, and there's, I'll just tell you some of the things that I took from it is I got the aura ring because sleep. Oh, me I, too. I would track, if I had a blood draw the day after bad sleep, I could see it in my, in, in some of the like blood sugar levels and stuff. It was crazy. Uh, I did faint one time, not their fault. It was hilarious though. Dude, I, not not because of the inside tracker. I fainted at my doctor's office. Oh yeah. And I I really think it's it's a very powerful lesson in hypnosis and preframing. Yeah. Because I've I've given blood so much, and I'm not scared of needles. I have a sleeve tattoo, right? Yeah. But I sat down, and this woman goes, "Hey, how are you with needles?" I was like, "Totally fine." She's like, "Cool. I hope so." It's like, what do you mean you hope so? She goes, "Yeah, I, I had someone faint earlier today." I was like, okay. And then she took my blood, and I said. 
again. Just conked out. <laughs> yeah. Just insane. Never happened to me before. I really, really showed me the power of like inception of, of pre-framing. Yeah, I think that that has a, a huge effect. I was also just tired and I stood up and then I was slumped against the wall. Next thing that I knew. Yeah. So, but it's cool. They come to your house. If you do pass out, you go right back to bed <laughs> afterwards. So is there a link? For yeah, you? yes. Uh, InsideTracker.com slash charisma. And I still use it today. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a plug. We, we don't do many plugs. We had offered a lot of things to sponsor, but we try. We have four questions we ask ourselves and nothing ever passes the four. Mm -hmm. But uh, but this has. So, yeah, I use it still. That's actually why they emailed me and said, hey, we noticed you guys haven't done a sponsorship yet, but you guys still buy through your own <laughs> link. But oh, yes, we're the only ones buying through. our That's link. true. <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry. And so, yeah, so InsideTracker.com slash charisma. First awesome. podcast sponsor. Cool. All right, so let's do questions. Cool. Hey, Charlie and Ben, how can I overcome my non-confrontational behavior? I feel really awkward when confronting anyone about anything. Kindly suggest how to overcome it. So there's a couple of things. One is exposure therapy, right? Is start small and do it. And if you want, you can make a mental or physical list of the things in your life that need to be said and do it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I, don't force it, though. Confront about something you care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the other and and pick an easy small one and like with all of the habits that i'm having if you know that there's a conversation that need to be had somebody said something to you set up stakes put money on it i know this isn't a fun way but sometimes people need the whip and the whip of saying if i don't speak to this person about such and such topic by saturday i'm going to send 50 dollars away can often I'm buy inside tracker <laughs> can often be enough to to motivate you to do it. And by the way, this isn't gonna make you like it. It's gonna make you do it, which is gonna desensitize you to doing it, which will make it easier in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how to feel less uncomfortable with it, it really does come from time. I'll tell you what the mindset is, but you're not gonna feel until you do it, is that uh, conflict doesn't necessarily end relationships in fact it often makes them stronger there's a dip where things are uncomfortable but then you you come back out the other side with a renewed understanding of how to treat one another or what your standards are and sometimes relationships end as a result of it but oftentimes they they improve uh and there's a handshake or a hug afterwards that's uh thanks for telling me and once you start to see the upside of doing this or if it's just a worker at a store and you're saying hey the way that I, I need a refund for this and they say no and you say that this it works for xyz reasons you start to perceive the benefits of of the conflict um so hopefully i mean that's a start anything else that you would add i i'm i'm mulling something i don't actually know how i feel about it but what comes to mind is that if you don't already weightlifting or jujitsu or boxing class or something might help because i know a lot of people depending on the confrontation there's this, they like just feel meek every day. They just feel weak in general as they live their life, right? So forget confrontation for a second. They just walk around feeling like a weak person. Yeah. And so they don't really make eye contact well. They don't stand with good posture. And there's this self-fulfilling thing of like they feel physically weak. So they carry themselves like someone who is weak. And then they get put in the face of confrontation and their whole habit and, and body and mindset is just all that of yeah. like a, a squirrel, just prey, right? And so I think that if that is the case and it's you're not someone who's confident all the time and you're a big athlete and you just happen to be scared of your boss, but you're you feel like uh, an almost constant sense that you're trying to avoid being seen and avoid rubbing people the wrong way and avoid conflict. I think it can help 
to start to do a physical practice where you push yourself and start to feel good about yourself and start to feel strong in some area yeah. that can then carry over. It's like a psycho cybernetics thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone that's confrontation mm-hmm. avoidant, but I could imagine a person who would benefit a lot from just feeling strong for a half hour a day, pushing yeah. themselves and sweating and grunting and then and having that slowly carry over to, okay, there's now I'm the kind of person who stands up straighter and who feels stronger. Yeah. And then when the confrontation does come, you're not in this mental habit of just generally feeling like you're trying to avoid being seen and avoid rubbing people the wrong way and mm-hmm. just a weak person. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm working on emotional mastery right now, which is why my head is sort of there. The things that Ben has said and the first thing that I said is the fastest route there. But if you want to check out the course, you can do so. We're actually, I think we used to only open it for a few days a month. We're expanding that mm-hmm. so we can add a link in the description but it's a corona special it's a corona special well it's not it, it's it's not specifically for conflict what you find with all a lot of these things when you get sad angry uh lonely conflict it's it as cheesy as it sounds if you had a stronger sense of self-love all of that stuff becomes easier to handle mm-hmm. uh because at some level there is a fear that if this doesn't go well i won't be able to recover mm-hmm. this person doesn't like me i i that I couldn't handle that. And so while all of the things that we said are fantastic, more surface level things, if you're interested in going to the deep, deep, <laughs> you can check that course out, which is much more about self-love, bringing up uh, moments in the past where you might have made a vow to yourself never to behave a certain way and then forgotten that vow. And now mm-hmm. that's just how you carry yourself. So that, that'll be something that we'll put in the description as well. Yeah. Real quick. I don't know if I'm stealing something from the course, but in my, in Steal my, away. in my Ragnar video that I made, the topic of fear is in there. And I think you're right. A lot of times when, if you are afraid of confrontation, it's because you imagine that on the other side of confrontation is potentially a huge negative outcome, right? Yep. And so what you can do if you have a specific confrontation, like this is not going to help you in general with your fear of confrontation. But if you're like, I get scared specifically when talking to my boss or yep. my significant other or whatever. For that one, what can be really helpful is getting, it's Practical Pessimism by Tim Ferriss. It's getting concrete on what is your actual worst case scenario? Because when you leave your worst case scenario undefined, that boogeyman is terrifying. Mm-hmm. But get into the weeds of like, okay, what will happen if I do this confrontation? okay, this thing will happen. And then what would happen? And then what would happen? And then and what you find ultimately is you would be totally fine. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really helpful way for individual confrontations to just mute the fear. And once you mute the fear, then, sorry, the fear of the worst case scenario, that will remove the fear of the confrontation itself. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. Cool, what else? Um, and finally, this person says, I am a pretty charismatic and present person Um, People give me feedback that I speak with so much clarity and that I'm authentic. I always try and stay present and self-aware to bring consciousness to everything. This has led people to treating me in a way that I want because I make it known when I dislike bad behavior. However, one area I falter in is in relationships, and they're referring to romantic. Um, Given how people describe me as outgoing, I struggle to understand why I have so much approach anxiety when it comes to women. If we are in a group and there is a reason to interact, I do very well, crack jokes, act charismatic but I feel like I am losing a lot of potential interactions by not being able to approach people I'm interested in. I read one of your first books, Anti-Pickup Line, and I know I can use the Hey, I Haven't Met You Yet line, yet when it comes to game time, I freeze. I have found some videos on YouTube on hypnosis slash meditation for approach anxiety 
and I'm wondering your thoughts on that as well. I want to feel less mental friction to apply my charisma to this area. I excel well in friendships and work and work relationships, but not in these types of relationships. So I'm curious to see what advice you guys have. I wouldn't bank on hypnosis. No, I, that's not the route I would go. If it's helpful for you, that's awesome. But it's not, I'm not optimistic on it. Uh, I think that the, it's exactly the other question actually, just about something else. It's the same as the fear of confrontation. The two, well, there's the three things you can do. One is just eventually over time, it gets way easier. Um, That's the exposure therapy part. In fact, funny enough, the second person you talk to in a bar that you don't know is always easier to start a conversation with than the first. So what what Ben and I would do, understanding this fact, and I even want to step back because weirdly enough, it's the same answer. And if you asked me at age 25, I would give you the very tactical, fastest answer that would be the most effective to use. And today it's like, we'll take emotional mastery because we need self-love anyway. I think all of these things are true. Uh, And so for you, it's about selecting where on this pyramid of tactical specific versus broad root cause am I interested in working? If you're a younger person, I recommend tactical, like Mm -hmm. make yourself pay a certain amount of money, do the other things we recommend. But if you're getting older and you're finding that these expand into other areas of your life, you might want to go more root cause because this goes beyond approach anxiety goes, you know, it it goes into other areas, but go ahead. Well, no, so I, I don't even remember where I was at, but oh, bars, oh sorry, the bars. momentum, the momentum. So second person could, could be bars. It could, this could also be this is true of street coffee shop. Like this isn't just for places that serve alcohol. This is anytime you want to talk to anyone. The second person you want to talk to is always easier than the first. So just talk to anyone for your first conversation. If you if anyone, if I sat at home alone, not listening to music, let's say I just had to sit in silence and meditate for an hour. Then I got walked into a bar and I was told you cannot speak to anyone and you can't dance. You just have to stand still or walk in circles for an hour. Now, go approach the prettiest person you see. That would be so much harder (laughs) than if I were hanging out by myself, listening to music that I liked or hanging out with friends pre-gaming. And I go to the bar and immediately I start joke flirting with the bouncer, guy or girl, right? Start just cracking, using the charisma that apparently comes easily to you in other situations and then with strangers is the thing because you're saying i'm good with friends strangers bouncer you don't know the very first person you see when you walk inside guy or girl and if you do that go up to the bar and instead of just ordering your drink you are talking to the bartender as if they're a friend or you're making jokes now when you see someone that you want to talk to you're already in this mode you're in this state of when i see people who i don't know i talk to them and when i talk to them i make jokes and so what you're going to do it's just see this person and it's going to be way easier for you to talk to them and make jokes. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one piece of advice is to, is to just get social momentum. Don't make the first stranger you talk to someone that you're really invested in it going well. Yeah. Um, the second thing is recognizing that rejection doesn't matter at all, right? Which goes back to what we talked about before, practical pessimism. I used to have this. I was terrified of being rejected by strangers. And I don't know why. I think it's because I was bullied as a kid because I, I asked a girl out when I was in eighth grade or something, I got rejected brutally. (laughs) And so then rejection became in my mind, something that's very painful, but you know, you're not in eighth grade anymore, so you're going to be fine. And so I think that helps a ton. And, uh, the other thing, which is very helpful is Charles point earlier, the money go out with a friend or something, go out to a bar and say, Hey, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. And if I don't talk to one person that I don't know that I'm attracted to, you get to keep it. And if I do, I get it because now just a real quick thing, humans, we make decisions by pursuing pleasure and avoiding pain. And in your head, talking to this pretty person has some small amount of pleasure potentially, but a big amount of pain in your head, which is this rejection. 
stack the deck against yourself with more pain, which is losing 100 bucks, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you will find that you are basically using a whip and a carrot to motivate yourself towards what you ultimately want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the one, the one thing that wasn't said, and Ben highlighted it, but I just want to really draw it out, is that you, the only people that you're probably approaching in your life that you don't know are these girls. You're not actually giving yourself, you say that you're very social in groups, but how often do you walk up to men that you don't know and strike up conversation? I would bet almost never, and I bet that would give you a tiny bit of anxiety. Not tiny, maybe moderate, but less than the most beautiful person there. So you're actually asking yourself to go from zero to 100, mm -hmm. and there are just intermediate stages. And the first stage, I would say, are service people that you don't normally converse with, because they kind of have to talk back to you, so just be kind and fun, and they'll appreciate it as well. The second might be the person that you're in line with, right? Mm -hmm. You know, okay, this is what we do at the grocery store. We do, you know, stand six feet apart with coronavirus, but we, you know, we, we say words to one another. Yeah. And then by the time, you, if you be, build the habit of doing that, when a beautiful girl walks into your elevator, it's not zero to 100. I was actually it's thinking the elevator is a great example. 50 to 100. Yeah, if, if you are the kind of person that anytime someone gets in an elevator, you start a pleasant mm -hmm. conversation with the goal of enjoying it and having the other person enjoy it. And that's what you do anytime someone gets yep. in an elevator. When a beautiful person gets in the elevator, you will have a pleasant conversation with them because mm -hmm. you've done it a hundred times with a hundred other people that you weren't trying to have a romantic relationship yep. with. So you you just make it a habit. You make, you make good habits that when you are talking to someone you happen to be attracted to leads you to flirting and mm -hmm. dating and whatever. But it's not that you're trying to be this person that you're, you never are. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those were the best... When we used to go out to the bars or clubs often, those were the best nights is where you were just so social with whoever you were. And before you knew it, you were in a group with someone that you were really attracted to that you didn't even necessarily try to get into. You yep. were just taught. And I was like, this is so cool. Yeah, or she's laughing at your third joke and yeah. you realize, oh, I'm attracted to this person. Yes, but you've yes. been you've been treating her like a person, like mm -hmm. everyone in the bar. And you would have done that with everyone else. And then it just happened. You go, oh, I'm attracted to this person. And then you switch into more of a purposeful flirtation mm -hmm. but yeah if she hadn't been there you'd be cracking the same three jokes to the same group of people minus her yep cool anything i think no more makes yeah, me miss it. the good old days nah. when bars were open oh man we're done with that we're done with that corona life forever anyway guys thank you so much it's been a minute since we've been here thank you to our sponsors inside <laughs> tracker and endless options we appreciate you and uh maybe we'll do this may again soon maybe yeah we, i just had a lot I like to say. i was triggered man i had to get on thanks guys take care i like doing them yeah they're fun when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.